Your host, Gina Vogie. And this is Melinda Collins. <laughs> I don't know. What what is this all about? What are we doing here? You know what? I was trying to think, you know that like um radio show The Quiet Storm? No. Where he talks like this. What is that for? It's a radio station. Is it to be <laughs> soothing? Yes, it's hmm. supposed to be soothing. Did I not sound soothing? <laughs> y- yes. You're like <laughs> you just shook your head no. <laughs> I used to listen to that Calm app to go to sleep because mm-hmm. if – unless I take z or something along those lines, I it takes me forever to fall asleep. So I started listening to this one English man. Harry Styles? No. It's a, it's a guy who talks to you to sleep. Well, they do have <laughs> Harry Styles on the Calm app now. Really? Yes. How is that Calm? It's Harry Styles, and he's dreaming you into a sexual dream. Oh, well. Gonna I'll have this. to send it to you. I sent it to someone. I must not have sent it to you. No, not to me. Of how he's, like, talking on this Calm app, you know. I think Harry Styles is sexy. I think I would just have watermelon sugar playing over and over in my head. If I was listening to him, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. But his voice is soothing. I think he's sexy. He's like a modern day David Bowie to me. And I was always obsessed mm. with David Bowie. Because he wears really weird clothes. On and he just carpet. has his own like unique style. Mm-hmm. I always thought David Bowie was sexy as oh, well. Oh, good Lord. Mm. I love David Bowie, but there's oh, no sex for, appeal He did that. it for me. <laughs> the thin white duke. The labyrinth. Come on. How could you not think he's sexy in the labyrinth? No. This, the babe you know and what? the power. The power and the babe. You no. do. Who do you do? <laughs> <laughs> you have your little dance for this. Dance, magic, dance. I like his music. I think he was a genius of the music that he put out. But Absolutely. to find him attractive? Oh, come on. Not my type. I remember back in the day you had to rent videos at the video store. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what I wanted to rent every single time was Labyrinth. Oh, we owned it. Oh, well, aren't you fancy? I, we were so rich. <laughs> <laughs> I probably watched Labyrinth and The Dark Crystal, both of those, I don't know how many hundreds of times. I'm surprised you haven't dressed up like him for Halloween. Or a Skeggsies. Or a what? The Dark Crystal. Yeah, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Oh, my gosh. You need to watch it again. Isn't it weird the difference between kids' movies in the 80s and kids' movies now? Like, that labyrinth is horrifying. All the creatures. So is the Dark Crystal. But I'm saying, like, it's so weird how, like, now it's not like that at all. No. Mm Mm-mm. What was it? The Skeggsies and the Mystics, right? I don't remember the Dark Crystal. Oh my god! Well, I own the movie, so I will I bring it Netflix. to you for you to borrow. Okay. If it's not on Netflix, and you can just relive your childhood of these horrifying movies. Okay. <laughs> I'll be scared to death. They were scary. I had a hard time with some of the characters because you know I don't like puppets, mm-hmm. and in the Dark Crystal, the like human type, you know, like whatever, <laughs> they're puppets. Mm-hmm. 
So I did have a hard time with that. Like it would scare me. I'd have to hide in my blanket to Aww. you know watch it. But the labyrinth. But that's wasn't probably as bad. why you have the puppet fear. It's not coming from that Chuck E. Cheese monster mash. What are the hell the name of the Showtime Biz? What was it? Showbiz Pizza. Yeah, it's probably no. From those those animatronics were equally <laughs> fucking scary. Yeah, no, they are. But what they, did like, you click prob- when they move? <laughs> and their eyes blinking. <laughs> but I I don't know. The movies were so different from when we were kids. Yeah, they were actually very scary. I the first time like my kids watched <laughs> these movies, The Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal, they were like, "Why?" Exactly, why? Yeah. They're like, "This is scary." <laughs> I'm like, "Is it? It is, mommy. Don't show me this stuff again." <laughs> no, poor kids. Well, I got sent a well, actually, I shouldn't say this, but we got sent in a story on Twitter, and oh. I we haven't talked about poop in a while, and she said literally every time she hears anything about poop, she thinks of us right away. I don't know if You're that's welcome. a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> but this is from Jacqueline Van Buren, Michigan. Police are looking for a man they say pooped in an empty box before sealing it back up and placing it on a shelf at a Michigan Meyer grocery store. <laughs> Security footage of the bizarre incident was posted on the police Facebook page, and then I guess the man also stole something before he left the store. Can you imagine? Well, I have pooped and then put it into a box. (laughs) (laughs) Were you dressed up like a man in Michigan? You know what? And you're from Michigan. And Van Buren isn't that far from Bering Springs. But I'll have you know that all I did was leave the poop in the box right outside my window of my house. For I was your not dad in to a find. store. <laughs> you know, I wasn't. Like, what is going through your head, though, to put it on a grocery? That's really disgusting. Again, you don't fuck with people's food. That's nasty. Yeah. No. Yeah, I definitely agree. You don't fuck with people's food, and you probably shouldn't poop and leave it in a store of any kind. No. <laughs> what is wrong with people? Ugh. I, I would know. be so pissed off if I had to find that. Speaking of what's wrong with people, I was driving here to your house and the person in front of me rolled down their window and literally threw out like an entire McDonald's, whatever, fast food trash out of their window. I'm it's talking- It's always a McDonald's bag, I swear. I, I'm talking cup, the fry container, like- everything just chucked it out of their window and then just kept driving on i was like what the fuck yeah i get mad even when people throw a cigarette butt out the window much less a whole bag it's been a long time since i've seen that so i really thought that we've come far enough as a society that people aren't fucking throwing their full-on food garbage out of their car windows on the highway Mm -hmm. have you seen those videos of people who catch somebody throwing something out the window and then they go and pick it up in a red light they throw it back in their window. That's if, epic. If we weren't on a highway, I I, I yeah. would do it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do it because people scare me. I would just always be afraid that somebody's going to have a gun and shoot me because I'm mad at them for throwing their garbage out the window. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I take it back. You're right. <laughs> it's not worth it, right? But mm-hmm. it's something that you want to do because you're like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. If you're that fucking lazy that you can't just leave your trash next to you somewhere in your car until you get home or until you get to your destination because there's garbage cans everywhere everywhere i'm sorry gas station everywhere yeah like what the fuck what what is the problem why do you need to throw it out of your car window 
and litter. This earth does not need that. I just don't understand it. In my opinion, if you do something like that, you're you're a trashy person. Exactly. I agree. Maybe that's why Chico is making those stickers that say people are trash. Mm-hmm. People like that. Chico, they need a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Slapped on their foreheads. Right. Seriously, just wait till you can, can throw your garbage out. I don't see what the fucking problem is. Mm-hmm. It makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Well, <sighs> I got another uh, story sent in to us, and this one is from Tay, and <laughs> she just sent it. Didn't even write anything else with it because obviously we're going to want to talk about this, but this man named Stevens... Millen Castro, who was 30, was convicted Monday on assault and battery charges stemming from his attempts to retaliate against a woman. Is it Florida? California. Oh, California. Okay. Prosecutors allege that his name is Stevens with an S. Stevens. Stevens. Melinda's. Gina's. Gina's. Prosecutors allege that Stevens was obsessed with his co-worker, asked her out on a date, and then began to incessantly stare at her after she turned him down. The woman asked her boss to tell him to cut it out, but when that didn't stop, she filed a complaint with the HR department. Then, on several occasions, the woman came to work to find a murky substance in her half-full water bottle. Ew! Her boss agreed to set up a surveillance camera to monitor her desk, then reviewed the footage when she came into the office on another morning and discovered a milky white substance on her he keyboard. Was jerking off. The footage was turned over to the detectives who determined that Stevens waited until the woman left, then smeared something using tissues on her keyboard and mouse. He also put semen in her water bottle and a bottle of honey she put in her tea every day. I knew it. Dirty motherfucker. That is disgusting. Yeah. So he's like just waiting, watching, waiting for her to take a sip of the water. He's like, oh, that's my... Yeah, and not all, I mean, I wouldn't want anybody to even put their boogers, their snot, <laughs> their spit on any of my stuff like How that, but your that, semen? <laughs> How does that tea taste with my semen? Oh, <laughs> a teaspoonful of semen makes the medicine go, go down. down. <laughs> medicine. So to me, this guy's just a Ugh. sick fuck. Like, seriously, that is just nasty. Thank God he yeah. was putting his jizz into her water bottle so she could tell see it yeah imagine if she was a big diet coke drinker mm-hmm. well i guarantee you he had snuck some things past before this and then oh. he got a little bit more brave i don't want to think about that yeah and clearly he was it was semen that he was putting on her keyboard and mouse too like what what is he's like oh if i'm gonna smear this on her keyboard then she's feeling my semen she's gonna touch it it's like she's jacking me off because she feels <laughs> it on her hand uh. Like, what is that? Is she a nail biter then? Is that? And he's like, oh, she's just going to put my semen in her mouth? I mean, geez, dude. I mean, I don't have semen, so I I don't know. But I can't imagine I'd want to get my pussy really wet and then (laughs) stick my fingers up there and rub it on someone's keyboard, you know? Exactly. No. That wouldn't do anything for me. Because you're not cray cray. That's right. why. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't do anything for me. It wouldn't get me off, you know, like, uh, I don't know. People are strange. Nah, thanks. I'm all set on that one. Well, I have a fun <laughs> Florida man story. Ooh. I feel like I always get them. They come into my news feed, okay? Mm-hmm. The Lee County Sheriff's Office arrested Justin Anthony Garcia on a charge of aggravated battery. Uh-oh. Deputies say he had an argument with another man over which type of milk was better. 
whole Skim milk. milk. No whole. No one percent. How dare you? No whole milk or almond milk. Oh, so you're not even comparing milk. Mm-mm. No. Well, I mean, you are. It's almond milk. No, that's not the same it's thing. It's nut juice. You're you're comparing complete two. That's like they say apples and oranges. You're really comparing apples and oranges. It is not the same thing. It's not. It's, one comes from a nut. One yeah, comes from a cow. cow. <laughs> the debate escalated into a fight. Deputies said Garcia punched the other man in the face, chased him with a pocket knife, and cut him. Oh, my <laughs> God. That is some serious love. Which one Over was he a fan of? The milk. whole milk or the almond milk? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Almond milk is king. But it said that he cried over spilled milk. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, a fight that escalated that badly over milk. I mean, that is some passion. Mm-hmm. That is a passionate love affair with what you put in your coffee. You know what? Maybe that's what the argument was. Just what you were saying, that they're not even the same thing. One's from a nut and one's from a cow. Maybe that's what stemmed the argument and you've just figured it out. Or maybe this guy's just on meth. Probably. Yeah. He doesn't look very happy. He is pissed because the guy (laughs) didn't switch sides. He's like, no, whole milk is better. Better. Whole milk is better. No, no, almond milk is better. Almond milk. (laughs) I don't know where. Well, there's so many other milks out there. Oat milk, coconut milk, soy milk, milk. goat milk. Yeah, like the argument could (laughs) have really... Breast milk. <laughs> the argument could have really gone on and like escalated. <sighs> I mean, if that's the worst thing going on in your life, you have a pretty charmed life, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, you're not even debating politics. This is just strictly over what you prefer to eat. Oh, man. People are real heightened with the politics right now. I'm over it. I hate yeah. election years. I. It's it's I don't yeah. care who you're rooting for. I hate it. I hate I hate politics. I I'm fucking over it. Well, because to me, everybody is entitled to their opinion, but shoving your opinion down somebody's throat and or being very aggressive and demeaning to somebody about your opinion just because theirs is different. Mm-hmm. It's just not the right thing to do. And oh, you're going to change my opinion by being an asshole, said no one ever. Right. People I'm not going to be like, oh, that guy was really such a dick. You know what? He's right. I am right. going to vote for X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. it's just dumb. But I it's hate It's tough. Election years it. are tough. Yeah. it's Usually I tend to... There's two things I'll never discuss with, like, acquaintances or strangers, politics and religion. I think I've said this before, and right now, it's especially politics. People will start talking about politics, and they'll start by being like, oh, but I'm I'm just talking about it. I'm not going to be aggressive about it. And I'm like, mm, you're warning me for a reason. Yeah, what, and what's the point? And then they always do, so... I'm all about having a conversation. I'm all about having a conversation that maybe you can give me some insight on something that I was unaware of to be like that. Everybody because gets so it's, it's mad. Not, I, I honestly, I feel most of the time the people who are, who are trying to discuss politics with you are people who don't even know real facts about stuff. And what they bring up is just opinions right. and hearsay. Mm-hmm. It's not things that people have really like educated themselves on. For real, I'm not talking about reading like the headline of a newspaper. Right. So I'm over it. It's so stupid. Yeah. I can't control what either party is going to do. Right. Or who's going, you know, we can all vote. We all have the right to vote. I'm going to vote. Everybody go out there and vote. You I'm should all vote. for that. For sure. Yes. But at the end of the day, the majority vote is going to win. Over it. Me too. Let's all just get back to love and peace and not being angry over politics. <laughs> Well, 
here's a story for you that was sent in. Oh. I was going to save it for mixed bag of nuts, but you know how I don't like to wait. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't. This one is kind of a work story, but also a treadmill story. Oh, hopefully somebody didn't fall off the treadmill. It was years ago while working at the hospital, and this young, rather nice-looking firefighter was having a stress test. He was brought down from the hospital in a regular robe, not a hospital gown. I told him he would have to put a hospital gown on. He insisted he was fine with what he had on. I told the doctor, and he said it will be okay. Mind you, I have to state this guy was a cocky, so full of himself, arrogant ass. We proceeded to raise the height of the treadmill, and of course, as he would walk, his cock would peek through the opening of his robe. Oh. Ass. <laughs> as the treadmill inclined higher and faster, the tie of his robe became looser and looser. The one end was literally dragging on the treadmill, and I told him about it, but of course he just assumed I was just looking at his floppy pecker. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he wanted, right? Mm-hmm. I told him again that the tie of his robe was on the treadmill, and he might want to tie it back up. He looked at me, and right at this moment, he stepped on the tie. He lost his balance almost immediately, and he tried to turn to save himself. Instead, he ended up falling down down with his face towards the back of the treadmill and his legs were spread eagle on the two sides of the treadmill with his ball sack bouncing off the very end of the treadmill (gasps) belt. Oh no. He looked at me with horror. The nice, sweet young girl that I was, I stopped the treadmill, helped him up. He was in total horror when he looked down and there was blood running down between his legs and onto the floor. (laughs) Yeah, because his balls just got fucking shredded from the treadmill belt. Especially because if he was a firefighter, (laughs) you walk much faster on the treadmill too because they're trying to get your heart rate up as high as they can. She said, I quickly, not real quick though, grabbed a towel and proceeded to help him look at his ball sack to assess the damage. Let me tell you that young man had some serious road rash on his balls and one gaping wound on his penis. Oh. I, of course, had to write an incident report on this ass. Don't worry, I added in all of the irritating shit he was pulling as well. Signed by the doctor, the patient, and me. At the end, he did apologize. Both pride and penis were doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because really, he just wanted her to see his dick, Exactly. Did he have a big one? Did she say? No, nope, she didn't say. All right. I need a I need a little re- report back from this. <laughs> I need you to write this woman back and ask if he had a big one. Okay. Was it dangling? Was it a big old snake? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just, this is just to help you fulfill the mental image? Well, I'm trying to figure out why he wanted his dick to be so- shown really bad. Because you would think if it was a very small one, he'd have been tying that robe tight. <laughs> Well, the thing is, too, is that he shouldn't have been wearing a robe. He should have had a gown on that would have faced the back. Yeah. So you are probably onto something. He was probably Mm -hmm. like, oh, this sweet little thing. She's going to look at my dang lying. She's going to look at this thing and be like, ooh. Which, reality, that doesn't happen, people, even if it was a big one. Yeah. But that's just my thought. I'm like, I just want to know, did he have a big old dick and that's why he (laughs) wanted to show it off, you know? Probably. Or did he have a small one? (laughs) I can just picture this girl, like, (laughs) trying to help him assess his dick and balls and... (laughs) (laughs) he's so embarrassed probably and rightfully so because this is his fault Mm -hmm. oh my goodness how did she not laugh doing this too (laughs) she probably had to be so professional 
I wouldn't have been able to hold myself back. I'm telling you that right now. I'd I'm- have been like, I probably would have lost my job too because I'd have been like, haha, that's right, asshole. That's what you get. That's what you get, yeah. yeah. Road rash <laughs> on your dick. <laughs> now why don't you show that off? Your gaping, bleeding dick and balls. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, thanks for sending that in. Let us know, I guess. Or let Gina know. She's more interested than I am. Yeah, I'm just I'm- assuming the man was packing. Well, you know what they say about assuming, Melinda. Melinda's. We already know. (laughs) We already know, Gina's, that I'm an ass. So. So speaking of ridiculous shit, have you ever watched the Two Chains show Most Expensive Shit? No. It's quite interesting and I highly recommend it. Is it on Netflix? I think it's on Hulu. Okay. So in this one, this particular episode, Two Chains and Diplo tried the most expensive bottle of water in the world. Now, how much do you think the most expensive bottle of water in the world is? Well, considering bottles one of water bottle. at the airport cost like 12 bucks, I'm just going to say $30. $100,000. What? <laughs> what is in there? I don't this, know. That <laughs> Two chains was like, ain't all water the same? Yeah. What's, <laughs> like, that, what's that guy's name? Stevens? Is, was that his name? Maybe it's his semen. Makes it extra yeah. special. So apparently, no, all water isn't the same. Two chains and Diplo went on to try different types of water, ranging from a $13 bottle of water to a $20 bottle before finally testing 90H2O, which costs a whopping 100 Gs. Jesus. So what goes into a $100,000 bottle of water, you ask? Angel tears. What? <laughs> Virgin well, tears, something. In the clip, we learned that it's only been made nine times in the world and that it even has diamonds in the bottle cap. It better. Sounds impressive. Not, Not for really. two chains. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me either. Why would you drink expensive water when you could just drink rain, he said. <laughs> Now, Two Chains is really smart, isn't he? Doesn't he have an Ivy League degree? Yeah, he is very smart. Mm-hmm. He said, it almost seems like if you put a diamond on something, they're going to run run up a tab on you. Mm-hmm. It said that it looks like Two Chains is going to stick with the less expensive water he usually buys. Two Chains and both Diplo said that they haven't acquired expensive tastes, but neither of them believes that we should pay $100,000 for a bottle of water ever. Mm-mm. I think if you have that much money to waste on a bottle of water, you should be doing something better with your money and helping people. You know how many countries yeah. you could help get like a better water filtration system? For $100,000. Yes. So if if you're an asshole and you're buying <laughs> this water... Right. So they must have purchased it then too. Well, I think they did or the show did because the show's hosted by GQ, so they have a lot of money, right? Well, either way, I think it's fucked up. They could have done something better with that. That money. I mean, it, he does all kinds of different things. The show's actually really funny. It's really interesting. He ate a $1,000 ice cream sundae. <laughs> he bought, he used a $5,000 toothbrush. Oh. Listen to $30,000 headphones. Like, he just, it's... Some of that sh- I mean, $30,000 headphones. I even think, like, we have Beats. Mm-hmm. I even thought spending, what, one seventy five, whatever the hell bucks, it was. Whatever they were, yeah. I think that's freaking crazy. I can't imagine spending thirty grand on a pair of headphones. There must be, like, little aliens that enter inside of your ears and dance in your brain in order to... Spend thirty I- I grand mean, on headphones, yeah. <sighs> 
Uh, no. You can buy a good, a really nice car for 30 grand, let alone headphones. I don't know. I think even if tomorrow I became a multimillionaire, I still wouldn't be able to buy things like that. A $30,000 pair of headphones, a $5,000 tooth, well, maybe the toothbrush, I'm not It depends what else you can use it for. Depends what else that toothbrush can do. <laughs> um, you know, and definitely, for sure, I don't care how much money I had, I would never buy a $100,000 bottle of water. Never. Not you, once. You could go and get your teeth cleaned for like every day for two months straight for $5,000. Yeah. No. Ish. I don't care how much money I have. That's just dumb. It's dumb. Okay, so I have one last thing I would like to discuss before we go into our true crime, which, yes, this is actually our true crime episode. I always forget because we get to talking about random shit. So, you know how last episode we were talking about dental dams, flavored condoms? Two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, two episodes. Okay. Which, by the way... When we put up our poll on our Instagram or whatever, by far it was a landslide. Nobody, nobody hardly wanted to try pumpkin spice mac and cheese. Yeah, but I just don't even understand that one. No, I don't either. But with the pumpkin spice condom, it was about 50-50 that people thought it was for smell and for taste. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't have a real answer for right. that. Right. Unclear. Mm-hmm. So anyways browsing the interwebs like we do, I was like looking up dental dams because I was like, how do you even use yeah, these Yeah, I things? guess I wouldn't even know either. Literally, you just place the dental dam like over your pussy. And then are you supposed to hold it while they it go to town? It says that lay the dam across the vagina or anal area, lube on the dam or natural static will hold the dam in place. During oral sex, you should hold the dam in place to prevent it from slipping too much. So literally, you're just holding like the square piece of rubber over a Mm -hmm. pussy, Mm -hmm. which to me, that doesn't make any sense. But so, because I was even told, you know, when you're like in sex ed or whatever, for dental dams, you can just cut a condom is there something better with a dental dam versus just using a condom i have no idea maybe either well you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole of cutting the condom up oh it's so taxing (laughs) so hard to do hold on let me cut this but then i was reading this article and it also had how to use an inside condom now this was something i've never heard of i've never heard of this either an inside condom and it's for the female they're larger than outside condoms however most people can still use them comfortably and effectively. Inside condoms are primarily used for vaginal sex, but they can also be used for anal sex. Like outside condoms, inside condoms are highly effective at preventing pregnancy, STDs, blah, blah, blah. Here's how to use an inside condom. (laughs) Remove the condom from the packaging. Get into a comfortable position. Consider lying on your bed or propping your leg up on a stool. Pinch the smaller inner ring that's at the close end of the condom between your thumb and forefinger. Use your other hand to pull back the folds of your labia around the vagina and slide the squeezed inner ring into your vagina. So literally, it's like putting a condom inside your pussy. So that way the guy just goes inside you and it's already there. Uh I have never heard of this before. I haven't either. I would think it would be a good thing because then you have those guys who are like, uh, it feels so different with a condom. You could be like, okay, honey, you don't have to use one. And then you, you use have it. one on. Yes. I'm like, no, this is just what my vagina feels like inside. Right. I'm an alien species mm-hmm. and this is this nice, smooth vagina. Well, and say, like, you go out on that date being like, I want some dick. You can already have that condom inside of you already throughout <laughs> the whole dinner, drinks. <laughs> 
I don't think it's that serious. You can probably just excuse yourself and go to the ladies' room and shove it in there. Mm-hmm. I'd have that thing ready to go. That way, if you know, well, you got- have to look into that if you can wear it for a substantial <laughs> amount of time. You're How like, long is this said date? Next you know? next week, I might have sex. I'm putting this fucker inside no. of me right now. <laughs> I'm all prepped and ready. I mean, before you go on the date, you know, and you're like, I want some dick at this oh, date. Oh, so not if you just plan on maybe you'll meet somebody, maybe it's going to happen, so you go no, to the bar? No, you oh, have like okay. a planned date. Okay. You just slip that baby in after you put your makeup on. <laughs> oh, man. That way you're rets to go, you I know? I love that. I love that. Well, I think this is a, a wonderful thing I've never heard of, which is scary to me because I've lived my whole life. I, is this a new invention? I have I no know. idea. And that's if why not, I said, how have I lived this many years and I've never heard of a woman's inside condom? Yeah. So if you've if you've tried one of these before, if you're the woman and you've experienced it or you're the man who's experienced being with a woman who's tried one of these, I'd like to hear about it. Me too. I'd like to know. So. I would love to hear about it from a male and female perspective. So yes, anyone out there who's tried these out, let us know. Because I... Personally, I think this is a great thing unless I do too. it is uncomfortable or well, whatever, it which I doubt. more power, I think, into a woman's, mm-hmm. you know. More pussy power. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't want to wear a condom? I got you. I, you don't need to wear one. I got one. Because mm-hmm. your shit's nasty. <laughs> don't stick that pimply, lumpy dick inside of me on condom. I got one ready. I'm ready. I've been ready since 4 p.m. <laughs> All right, so we'll switch gears now completely for our true crime. And I have a story this week, and the show that I watched is See No Evil, and this story is in freaking insane to me. The thing about it was that there's actual footage of some of this shit that I could not believe I was watching to the point where my jaw was on the floor, where I'm like, whatever, I'll get into it, so... Okay. Very heartbreaking, crazy-ass story. Uh, Lansing, Illinois, September of 2015, 53-year-old Diane Pransky and John Kowalik had gotten home after fishing. The two of them had been together for eight years, but they still lived in their own separate homes. Diane had a daughter named April, and April had recently moved to Florida for college. She was super close to her mom. They'd talk every day, and they just – it seemed kind of like Diane, her daughter, and John all just had like a really happy life. Diane was a bartender at Theo's restaurant, and one night after she got off of work, she was going to head to the grocery store, and she decided to call John, her boyfriend, and say that she was going to stop at the store, then she was going to head home, and that she would call John back as soon as she got done shopping. And this was like 11 o'clock at night when she got done bartending. So pretty late. Yep. She never called John. So 3 a.m. in Porter, Indiana, so remember this She lived in Lansing, Illinois. Porter, Indiana, a cop gets a call about a woman who had been robbed, raped, kidnapped, and then set on fire near a gas station on Melton Road. EMTs were on the scene and they were working on the victim. She was severely burned on her face. Her hair had been singed. She was literally blistering all over her skin. And the EMTs that were working on her ask her her name and she says her name is Diane Pransky. Her mouth and tongue were charred. Oh, my gosh. They were unsure if she was going to make it. Once the cops got there, they said that they could smell on Diane that there was definitely an accelerant that had been used. So gasoline. This was not something that accidentally happened. She had been doused in this. Diane was able to talk 
to the police, but the police even say, like, it was so, they couldn't even believe that she was able to talk. But she said that a man had done it and that he had had a hammer. She said it was a large black man and he had threatened her outside of her garage with the hammer and made her get into the trunk of her vehicle. He took her out to an isolated area about 30 miles away. He then proceeded to rape her and then he set her on fire. Oh my gosh. The cops got her license plate number and started tracking down her vehicle because the culprit still had her car. Diane gets rushed to the emergency room. Two detectives take over the case to find the criminal, Chuck Whedon and Tony Curtis. They run a background check on Diane, and she had nothing in her background at all except for maybe a parking ticket from a long time ago. But Tony Curtis recognizes her face and was like, our kids had had been in dance class together. So he's like, this is personal. A real name with the face. Yeah, and somebody you know. So the detectives go to Diane's house and see that the door had been kicked in and her house had been robbed and ransacked. Like literally TVs off the wall everything but there were just cords dangling all of that they find a receipt from the grocery store that diane had stopped at at 11 29 p.m her house was only a few blocks away from this grocery store they assume that 11 29 was her abduction time so they go to the grocery store to see if anyone remembers her, her or if anyone has any information the store had surveillance cameras that were inside the store and also covering the parking lot they request the video and then start watching it so at around 11 p.m., they can see a car pull into the lot, and it looks like Diane's vehicle. Someone gets out. They're alone. They go inside the store. They're able to see Diane enter the store, and then they see her walking around the store, but it seems like nobody's paying her any attention at all. At 11.29, they see her walking to the door, and then the outside camera shows her getting her groceries in the, into the trunk, taking her cart back, goes into her vehicle, drives away. Nothing. So there's nobody following her inside the grocery store. There's nobody in the parking lot. So it wasn't somebody she encountered at the grocery store. They're ruling that out. So back at the emergency room, John goes there to be by her side. He's panicked. He's scared. She was just completely bandaged everywhere. I mean, being burnt even like a little bit hurts. I can't, I can't even, even imagine, imagine yeah. your whole body. Mm-mm. It is it, it scares me that that can happen. He was crying. He swore that he would stay by her side, but then he had the horrible task of having to call her daughter April to tell her what had happened, and he said that your mom's house had been ransacked, she was kidnapped, raped, and set on fire. And can you imagine giving that phone call or, or hearing receiving that? it? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. So Diane's car had OnStar, and they were able to locate that her car was in Michigan. So officers in Michigan go out to find her car. So now you have three states involved, Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan. So because of this, they had to contact the FBI. The good thing is, is when Diane was in the car, her phone had been on all night. So they were able to track it from her home to Porter, Indiana because of the cell tower pings. The last location that they got a ping from a cell tower, they go to this location and find that it's an abandoned warehouse. Once inside, they find a burn site and they're like, this must be the site of the burning, but they have to find out, you know, is this in, in fact where the, the crime had happened? Across the street, there was a building, and on the outside of the building, there was a camera. So they are able to access the footage, but it can't be played on site, so they have to send it to the station. The next day, so the day after the attack, April arrives from Florida and goes to be by her mother's side. The extent of her burns were so bad, April didn't even know if her mom was going to make it. <sighs> And this part of the show got me so much. April says to John, she's like, 
you know, what if mom doesn't look like herself anymore after all this? And John said, who cares what she looks like on the outside? She'll always be mom on the inside. Yeah. And I literally started crying watching this because yeah. this man, he, he's, a, he's a guardian angel, honestly. Like, touched my heart. Then April went inside to be by her mom. She squeezed her mom's hand, and her mom was able to squeeze her hand back. Aww. Just sad. Just yeah. the fact that somebody is this much of an awful, evil human being scares me. I just me. couldn't – I could never do that to another human being. I couldn't do it to an animal. I couldn't no. do it to anything. No. I don't even like to kill a spider, but I hate spiders. If I can let the spider outside, I will. I know. I'm you the know? same way. At the police station, the footage from the warehouse camera arrived, and it showed the warehouse, which was good. Like, they had – a view of the warehouse. So it's super dark and partially covered by trees. At 1.48 a.m., the time her cell phone pinged the cell phone tower, they see what appears to be Diane's car pull up to the warehouse. Then it goes behind the warehouse out of view. This is where the shit gets nuts. Within minutes, you can see this huge fireball on the side of the warehouse. Like you can see it like coming out. So you know this is when she was set on fire, Ugh. right? The fire continues for several minutes. Then you see the car driving away, heading north to the interstate. The camera is too dark, so you can't get a view of the culprit. But on the footage, they see that the fireball inside the warehouse is still going. Then they see the fireball moving down the driveway. Oh, my god. Diane gosh. was literally walking out of the warehouse On down fire. the freaking driveway. I was watching this sh- shocked. Like, you're able to actually see that this is happening and to know there's a human. Like, this isn't a stunt. Stop, drop, and roll, you know, like they teach you to do to try to get herself off fire. Or maybe she was in just such shock. Well, she walked for about 30 seconds and then she drops to the ground. She had laid in a puddle of water and was trying to put out the fire. So she did. There you go. Uh, They're not able to get any leads from the video. So that's just heartbreaking, right? Well, then detectives go through her bank records. Her debit card was used at two different ATMs that night. They go to the banks to find any video from the ATMs. The first bank's camera hadn't been functioning. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. But the second camera was actually built into the ATM and it was working. Tony Curtis cues up the footage to the timestamp shown on the transaction. At 11.57, you see her blue Chevy pull up. An African-American male is driving. He's wearing pantyhose over his face and latex gloves. He literally has nylons that go right underneath his nose. But you can you can see his features clearly. So it didn't even work. No. They were able to make out the features of him and they didn't they weren't able to see Diane in the video, so they assumed she was in the trunk at this time. Ugh, I, ugh. He gets the money, he drives off. So Curtis called his team together to see if they can get anyone to recognize him. They had no name, but obviously they had a physical ID on this guy now. They released the information to the media to get help, but first they called April to let her know, hey, we're releasing what this guy looks like. Maybe you shouldn't watch the news tonight, but she was like, you have to watch it. Anybody would be curious yeah. to watch it. I mean, I would, yeah. <sighs> I mean, I would be terrified too. I... I would never want to leave my house knowing this guy was on the loose and he knew where your house was and ugh. Yeah. The next day, the investigators get a name and photo of an arrest record. The guy's name is Carlius Clay. They did a background check on him. He had a criminal background. He was a sex offender, a history of vi- had a history of violence, and had shot a man in the head during an armed robbery. Oh my gosh. How was he not in jail? Because he was out on parole because the man survived. Which is fucked up. It's so fucked up. 
<sighs> who it, it, that's great he survived that doesn't mean that he should get out on parole that's attempted murder Carlius had been working for a flooring company in Lansing and he lived in a house that was a few blocks away from Diane's home which is creepy to think you can live so yeah. close to somebody who's and capable not even of such know. shit not even have any clue because he was probably watching her too he also had another residence listed on his record in Holland, Michigan, and then the agents were like, maybe this is another clue to where he's at. So Lansing police listen as FBI agents move in on Clay in Michigan. The agents were able to detain and arrest him. At the hospital, they get an update on Diane's health. Two out of three people won't survive, but she pulled through. Yay! She I said, love that. Mm-hmm. I know. I was like, oh, I got another survivor story, which I like am obsessed with now. Yes. So this was her synopsis of what happened. Because there, you can actually see her in this uh, this show, which How is amazing. How does she look now? She unfortunately looks like a burn victim. And she has, a, you know, talks a little bit slower, but it's amazing. And I'll get mm. into a little bit more about that too. Okay. So her synopsis was, she said he came into her house with a hammer and asked for money. He then put her in the trunk. He goes to the bank and withdraws money. She said she was in the trunk praying to be alive after all this. And she said she's super claustrophobic. I would not do good in that situation either. I'm, I'm like, very claustrophobic as well. Ugh. I would not do good either. 40 minutes later, he gets her out of the trunk in Porter, Indiana. He put her in the back seat of the car and then he raped her, but she was able to escape. He came after her. He choked her until she passed out. Then when she was passed out, he doused her in gasoline and started her on fire. He then left her for dead and left in her car. She remembers waking up and saw her legs were on fire. She rolled in the grass to put the flames out and she saw the lights of a nearby gas station and tried to get help. The the Tony Curtis, the detective is even crying recalling this and it's just i he's like i don't know if he's like i don't even know if i would have been able to walk and try to do this but right fuck, man fight or flight i guess right that's just <sighs> so crazy i'm glad that she survived though mm-hmm. july of 2018 <sighs> clay was charged with kidnapping and attempted murder he was sentenced to life with no possibility of parole thank the lord yes Diane says that she forgave him, but she's happy that he's locked up forever. She does require 24-7 care, and John takes care of her. Oh, I love that. He says that she was always there for him. He would always be there for her. Like, he's the (laughs) sweetest man, but he has to bathe her, help her in the bathroom, cut up her food, everything. But the one piece from this entire show, she considers herself a survivor, not a victim. Absolutely. Dude, Diane just freaking rocks my socks. Like she, you just, like watching it, I just wanted to hug her. And everything that she went through and the fact that she was able to survive that is insane to me. She was doused with gasoline and set on fire. I I can't even imagine how painful that would be, let alone to like get up and persevere and be like, I'm going to try to get this fire out, get myself help. I see a gas station. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, she probably was thinking of like John and April and I mean, I, I hope to God I never experience anything like Me this. Me too. Whew. All right. Well, I will get right into mine then. August 1995 in Springfield, Illinois, 32-year-old Donna Winger and her infant daughter Bailey flew into the St. Louis airport after spending a week in Florida visiting her parents. During the ride home, The shuttle van driver, Roger Harrington, 
was driving erratically and was speeding. He told her that he heard voices telling him to kill people. Oh, my God. Like, can you imagine no. your shuttle ride home with your infant daughter from the airport? This is the guy driving? No. So when Donna got home, she documented the details of the incident, and her and her husband reported it to the shuttle van company, and uh, Roger was suspended. They hoped they would never hear anything from Roger ever again. Mm -hmm. They're like, wow, this was crazy. But so was the shuttle to her home? Yes, it was from the airport to her home. Oh, that's even worse. Then he knows where you live. Knows where you live, yeah. So then there's a 911 call. And it's from Mark Winger, Donna's husband. He was frantic, claiming he had to shoot a man that was attacking his wife with a hammer. So when police arrived, Donna and Roger Harrington were both laying on the floor within feet from each other. They were both rushed to the hospital, but they were both pronounced dead at the hospital. Not a survivor story. I'm sorry. I like the survivor stories too. So Mark Winger, the husband, he told the police he was in the basement. When he heard a commotion upstairs, he grabbed his pistol, went upstairs, saw that it was Roger the shuttle driver, Mm -hmm. beating his wife with a hammer, and he shot him. So Mark said, this is the man that's been stalking us, been harassing us. The police asked Mark why Roger would be at their house that day, and he said he had no idea. Mm. So police then read Donna's handwritten note of the incident that had occurred, and then it matched everything that Mark said. The note was actually still in the refrigerator, and so for the police... That's weird. Well, they had left it there for an incident report, I believe. But the police were like, well, we at least get to hear Donna's side of this and she can't, you know, tell us because she's dead, right? But that's still weird. Like, you file a police incident report and you hang it up on your fridge. It was her handwritten notes that she wrote. I think maybe they had just left it there. I'm just saying that's so weird, though. It is weird. Yeah. (laughs) I'll say it's a little odd. You're like, hey, this is my artwork. Look at this. Look at this. This is my picture. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually you hang nice things on your fridge. Pictures, cards, wedding invites. Not police reports of some wackadoodle right. driver. So they did a background check on Roger and it revealed that he had a history of mental illness. He had actually been hospitalized for it two times in a psychiatric ward. So he was a little off kilter. The hammer, right? Donna had left the hammer on and some pictures on the table for her husband to hang up. And that was the hammer that was used to kill Donna. On the coffee table was also Roger's cigarettes and a coffee mug. Police just thought at this point that Roger was seeking revenge for getting suspended Mm -hmm. from his job and he was angry and he had mental illness, so he was maybe a little strange. When the investigation was over, Mark was called a hero. He was trying to save his wife. He had shot a man trying to save his wife, even though this man had bludgeoned his wife to death with a hammer already, or it was too late. Mm -hmm. I see your gears turning over yeah, here. This isn't... <laughs> smells funny. So now Roger's family refused to believe that he had done this. They said, yes, he had mental health issues, but he was getting help for it and he had never been violent. So fast forward to four years later, forensic evidence came to light that questioned maybe what really happened that day. The coffee mug. <laughs> so meanwhile, Mark had married his daughter's nanny. Rebecca and they had three ah, children together of their own. This is a, this is a lesson, ladies. Don't get yourself a younger, hotter looking nanny to watch <laughs> after your kids because once you have a baby, your focus is on the baby, mm-hmm. not on your man, and then your man's going to be sniffing around the nanny. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a real fugly nanny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he has like ha- so she has now hairy are you moles. thinking the nanny had something to do with it? Maybe no. Okay, I, I'm not going there. Not going. There. I'm thinking okay. she's young, ditzy, blonde. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
Then enters Donna's old best friend, Deanne Schultz. She was suffering from severe depression and sought treatment, but she just wasn't getting better. She told her doctor she knew something, and the doctor told her, you need to talk to the police. So her story is she had an affair with Mark prior to Mm. and after the murders had taken place. So, mm-hmm. very scandalous, right? And this uh-huh. was her best friend. So Donna was her doing best friend. The best friend and the and nanny. the nanny. So she had suspicions of Donna's death because Mark had told her that he wanted out of the marriage, and Mark had even purchased rings for her and him. But she thought that you know maybe at some point they would get married. But after Donna's death, Mark didn't marry her. He instead married the daughter's yeah. nanny. Mm-hmm. Mark said that she was just making all of it up to get back out of him. She was a scorned woman, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then they had hotel and phone records that verified, <laughs> yes, this affair did take place, you know, so she wasn't lying. They're starting to get a little suspicious of Mark at this point. Mm-hmm. And Mark had also said that he he had also told the police that he fired two shots into Roger. But a neighbor reported hearing a shot and then a pause of about five minutes and then a second shot. And in the recording of 911, Mark said he had a bullet in his head, that he had shot Roger. He had a bullet in his head, not two. Starting to get a little inconsistencies. So the recording of the 911 call, Mark said that he had a bullet in his head, that he had like shot a bullet into Roger's head. And in the background, you can hear a man moaning. Like they played the 911 call. You can specifically hear a man moaning. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, Mark was like, I have to go. My baby was crying. I have to go. I have to go. So one of the detectives was always suspicious from day one, but everyone else at the police department was like, no, he's a hero, he's a hero, blah, blah, blah. So Donna was found face down, and Mark had also claimed that he cradled his wife's head in his hands, so why would he put her back face down on the ground? So that didn't make sense Uh either. Then the crime scene photos did not match what Mark described. The photographs and the statements were never compared, though, originally. So... And then the final straw to all of this was Mark filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit against the shuttle company. So at that point, the police were like, mm-hmm. we're reopening this mm-hmm. case because there was too many inconsistencies and things just kind of weren't adding up. So they had all these like forensics people come in to look at the photographs, crime scene, you know, everything like that. So the gun he used, the shells were ejected to the right. And where Mark said he was fired from standing in the hallway, there was no way the shell casings could have landed where they did in the dining room. And then Roger's body was moved as well, too, they found There was a second spot because there was one spot of blood where they think he was shot originally, and then he was moved, and that's where the second shot was fired, Mm. where there was a much bigger area of blood, and that was where he was left. None of this is adding up anymore. Mm -hmm. Then they analyzed the blood spatter from the hammer. There was no blood spatter on Roger's shirt at all, and where he was said to fall backwards wasn't possible either from where he was laying. Okay. So there was blood spatter from Donna that didn't just didn't match where Mark said it happened, and one of the splatter cast-off was on Mark's sleeve, and that meant that he was much closer to her than he claimed to be during said attack. Mm-hmm. Then they Little also blood splatter. Mm-hmm. Then they also found evidence that Mark invited Roger to come over that day, and Roger's roommates verified that. They told police <laughs> that Mark had called for a meeting time for him to come to their house, and there was even a note written by Roger with the time and their address in his car that verified everything. So basically, 
he had told him, oh, hey, come over and we'll discuss this and maybe you can get your job back. Basically, that was how he got him to come over, which is why he just came in there and set his coffee cup and his cigarettes on the table, right? He wasn't thinking like, hmm. he wasn't he was thinking. relaxed. Right. So Mark Winger was charged with both of the murders. The motive, mostly financial. Donna had a $200,000 life insurance policy and plus Mark was suing the shuttle company. So he just basically was just got too greedy. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he no longer wanted to be married to Diane. That was verified by the mistress. Um, Mistresses. Mistresses. Basically, they, they, they think that Roger came in there, set down his coffee, his cigarettes, and he turned around. And when he turned around, Mark shot him. Then Donna heard the shot, ran downstairs. That's when Mark attacked her with the hammer. Then Mark called 911. He realized Mark was still alive, hung up, shot him a second time after moving him. And mm-hmm. there you have it. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. So they say the note on the fridge was placed there purposely? They actually never said anything about that. Okay, because I'm like... You're just, like, why is this still on the fridge? That just seems weird. It's not like your prized possession. Mark Winger, he maintained his innocence, but he was found guilty on both charges, and he received life without parole. Well, good, you greedy son of a bitch. Yeah. That poor guy, too, because you know what? There's such a stigma about mental, mental illness. Health, yeah. And you'd be like, oh, well, he had a mental illness, so this is why he killed somebody. Just because you have a mental illness doesn't mean you're going to go out and murder somebody and to seek revenge. I mean, that's fucked up. So that poor guy, like, obviously scared the shit out of the, the wife and the daughter, you mm-hmm. know, on their shuttle ride home. But that doesn't mean he was a violent person. Right. And just, fuck, wrong place, wrong time for that poor guy. Well, they also said that that Donna's bizarre shuttle trip just gave Mark the perfect setup mm-hmm. that he needed. Yeah. He was like, this is the perfect scenario to blame this on somebody else, which is so crazy. I mean, you know, we were just discussing as well, what the hell, Shanann Watts and Chris, Chris Watts. Watts. Mm-hmm. It's almost the same type of scenario, right? Like he didn't want to be married to his wife anymore. Thankfully, he did not kill his innocent child like Chris Watts but it's like i just don't understand if you don't want to be with your spouse anymore if you're really truly not in love you want to be with somebody else the nanny the neighbor who the fuck cares who you want to be with i just don't understand how that validates you in your head to kill them yeah and i mean she only had a two hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy right it's not gonna last you that long if you're that greedy of a person well i think that's why he was trying to sue the shuttle company but even that money is not gonna if you're that greedy to take away two people's lives that's not gonna last you that long so to me, he's the person with the real mental illness of yes. greed and asshole. <laughs> like, and can you imagine that nanny that's married to him now? Dude, I would be so freaked the fuck out. Like, what if he doesn't all of a sudden want to be married to me one day? Am I going to die? Well, now, thankfully, he's in prison, but... Yeah, still, but before nuts. that, you yeah, Because no. I'm sure she had her suspicions, too, just like the mistress that was Donna's best friend. She had her suspicions as well. So I'm sure the nanny did, too. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. Get a divorce. Move on with your life. Let them move on with their yeah, life. Yeah, what's too. the worst is going to happen? People are going to talk about you and be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they're going to talk about you a lot more when they find out you killed them. It, what's worse, right? People right. knowing that you were cheating on your wife with the nanny or knowing that you murdered your wife and this poor innocent guy. Yeah. Fuck, weird. Man. I know. God. <laughs> Some of this stuff just makes me so angry. I know. Like, I mean, honestly, he probably, it was like the perfect crime. He could have got away with it, right? But then he got too, like, 
horned up to marry yeah. this other person and things just started not adding up like hmm. things started falling apart for him mm-hmm. yeah and then they looked into it more things that were overlooked they were like wait a second god so whew, yeah that's crazy it is it's it's so disturbing to me too that somebody is capable of somebody that you lived with and that you're happily married and to had a child with, with had a child with yeah. is capable of murdering it's just wild. I can't wrap my head around it either. Well, next week's episode, I think we're going to do mixed bag of knots, right? Yeah, we have some stories to share. I know I have some to share. Mm-hmm. And if you have some stories that you want to share with us, but you're like, oh, it doesn't fit into whatever episode you had, that's okay. We send don't them care. on. Send in. <laughs> Blonde Moments Podcast at gmail.com, or you can slide in our DMs. Oh, yeah. We love our DMs. Mm-hmm. I will end today's crazy, disturbing episode with the blonde joke so y'all can laugh. Right. Let's bring it back to a little bit of laughter. A couple of blondes got lost at the mall. So they go to the map where they see a red arrow that says, you are here. One blonde looks at the other and exclaims, wow, how do they know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>